With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, and this is Habs Nightly. I, of course, am Mason Dixon, and we are back with the Bayou Benders. Corey, how are you, buddy? Yeah, I'm doing fucking great. Uh, I'm doing as great as you can be in a hockeyless world. You know, um, I'm just fucking trying to survive, I guess. Man, I, <laughs> it's already tough. I don't know what we're going to do if hockey does not come back, because... I've gotten to the point where I have legitimately, and I'm not ashamed to say, simmed the Montreal Canadiens game and just sat there and watched it on Dude, NHL. Uh, while we were recording the Devils, Shane simulated a whole season for uh, for Detroit because he just picked a stick up and started. Uh, he wanted to rebuild the, uh, <laughs> the the Detroit franchise. Man. So that's where we're at. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. I sat there and watched computers play each other on a video game, and it went to the third period, and it was one-one. I watched that. I'm so hockey deprived, dude. That uh, I don't know if you saw it, uh, but I, I caught it on Instagram. There, there's uh, there's actual fucking people, like uh, like well-known, like in like the basketball. Uh, I did know, see community that that are, that are simulating the uh, the March Madness like the tournament right now. <laughs> I saw um, the Phoenix Suns have gone out and they are simulating the whole season, but with like they hired like professional esports players to like because <laughs> so, like in two K you can lock on to one player right. So they yeah. like locked on like this guy. You are Luka Doncic, and he dropped like fifty points in one game, and like Jeez. they had like thousands of people watching on Twitch and stuff. It was people love their sports, man. Uh, I saw one today. Some guy was like betting on the weather, <laughs> and it's like his his mom like losing her shit because he dropped like five hundred dollars to see if it was gonna rain today. I saw that. Yeah, Dude, I was crying. I mean. What what else are we supposed to do though? Like, I don't know what the world has come to. Every we were talking earlier, like I might have to become quarantined because of my dumbass cousin. Yeah, that blows fucking, my fucking mind. So yeah, so we I don't know. I might be coming at you guys with in a bubble next time we're talking. It'll be <laughs> by you and Bubble Mason. So that'll be interesting, dude. Just think about the audio quality, how sick that would be. Sound like you're underwater. (laughs) (laughs) Just hacking and coughing every other sentence. (laughs) But anyway, so this is our lives now on the Hockey Podcast Network. We're going to keep coming out with two episodes a week. As of right now, nothing has changed for our schedule. 
Um, but we do have, me and Bayou have an announcement to make, and that is next year I am off to the University of Ottawa in, obviously, Ottawa, Ontario. And I'm going off for um, sports journalism and management and all that fun shit. But that also means that I won't be able to take as much of a lead on this. So starting next season, Benders is going to be full-time part of Habs Night. I mean, you essentially already are. You're on here every other episode, every two episodes. Like, you're pretty much already part of the I'm podcast. already a member of it, but next season it will be me and Mason – taking on a dual partnership and it's going to be great yeah I, I mean i think we're both pretty excited like we work well together we have fun it's a lot easier to talk about montreal with someone who is just as upset about how shit they are so we get to bitch together laugh Absolutely. together and uh folks mason's not going anywhere this is really just to help him Stay focused on school because that's the most important thing right now. Uh, so he's a young guy, and I, I don't want him slipping up because <laughs> you know I don't I don't need him. You either gonna full ass one thing or you're gonna half ass two things. So what I can do is is help him make sure he gets through school. You know. Yeah, exactly. And what I'm going to school for too is essentially what we're doing with the podcast now. It's sports media and journalism. So this is the career path I want to take and. You know, obviously, I'm going to be fully dedicated to the podcast, but with Benders here full time to help me take, you know, some time off editing, maybe script writing for what we're going to talk about. Like, it's just going to make it a lot easier, and I think it's going to make it a lot more enjoyable for you guys, the listeners. So that's just a um brief. I don't know what do you want to say. Like, warning. <laughs> it's just it's just showing the people what's to come. Yeah, and you know, getting them excited for next season, season two. Season two of Habs Nightly already confirmed. It is coming on the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, I'm sure by then Montreal still won't be a playoff team. We'll still have a bunch of shitty contracts, and I I, I don't even uh, I'm making myself depressed. But <laughs> there's I don't Montreal is going to change very much next season, and this podcast won't be changing. So with all that out of the way, um, let's I think we should jump right into it. So. We had a few things we wanted to talk about today, and starting with, I tweeted about it on Twitter. If you follow the Habs Nightly Twitter account, at Habs Nightly, that um, within, I believe it was 12 hours of hockey being put down, Canadian scientists has already isolated the coronavirus and are working on a cure. And I think that is the perfect depiction of fucking Canadians. You don't mess with our goddamn hockey. Dude, that's Canadian ingenuity. Um, I've had a deep love for the Canadian culture and people, and uh, now I am just infatuated with just how <laughs> how fast and hardworking uh, a Canadian, just the Canadians are, period. Um, you take away hockey from them in 12 hours, we have uh, – we're, we're already testing the vaccine, a possible vaccine for this, you know. I think it's just proof that um... – we're fucking lazy bastards, though, because it took taking something away from us to uh, finally decide that we're going to get off our asses and try to cure this horrible fucking disease. Yeah, but, um, but at the same time, you know, it's like North America is literally the the best place for, like, modern advancements in medicine. And I think it's just almost hilarious to think that 
once all of sports were taken away from us, like the next day we were already seeing improvements, you know? And I'm, I'm honestly, I'm sure that it's probably a coincidence, but also like, it's like, I'd say like a good chunk of my brain is still fully convinced that it, it was hockey. I want to believe that it, like logically, I think you know it's probably a coincidence, but I I choose to believe that no, it was purely just hockey's canceled, the sirens, the drums went off, and Canadians just got to it and started solving the cure. Right, they were like, someone's got to fucking start working on this. Shit got real when hockey got taken away. Absolutely, like uh, like I called my wife really quickly when when uh, when you know the NBA got canceled and I was fucking dying laughing and. You know, I should have put two and two together that, you know, uh, a lot of hockey teams share the same arena with basketball teams. So she called me the next day and I was just a fucking morbid mess <laughs> of just upsetness, you know. Very true. I mean, it has been confirmed. Luckily, though, I don't think any NHL players have been diagnosed with the coronavirus. So we got away pretty lucky. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I think I think mainly like I don't think we would have shut down if it wasn't for uh, for an NBA player uh, having, you know, having uh, tested positive um, because then that meant that there was a chance that, that the workers at the arena could have got it, you know, and that was just more of a precautionary. Also like that instead of saying that we've, we've canceled the rest of the season, we put a pause on it. I think that's awesome. And it leads to fans believing that, you know, they are looking for a chance to continue this season. Yeah, exactly. And I think it'd be a fucking shame if this season wasn't, I mean, finished. I mean, personally, like as a Habs fan, you know, I don't really care if we finish where we are um, and somehow we win the lottery and get Lafreniere. I'm happy. I just want to honestly this season to end so we can look at the draft and, you know, I can start being happy again. But as a hockey fan, like I would be so pissed if I was a team like Tampa they gave up like first round draft picks or like the Islanders mm-hmm. for a team for let's be honest, JG Pajo and was it Coleman Tampa got they're, they're good players, but they're not, you, they overpaid because it was at the trade deadline. And then yeah, the season just, you know, went away and you lost them for nothing. That would be fucking horrible. Um, I also feel like, dude, if we do, if, if the season does, you know, if we if we do continue it, uh, we talked about it on the Devil's Advocates um, on how how you would come back into it. And Shane had the idea of saying that the the only way he sees it possible is that they would have to fix fixuate on a specific number of games played. He said seventy five. Everyone would have to reach seventy five games played, almost like a like a lockout situation. You you get to seventy five, and then that's where that's where the the playoffs start. So wherever wherever your team's at at that specific you know game it's over you know you mean the moving on or you're looking forward to the all season um but i think what hurts the most and is almost effective for some teams is say you got people like uh like a tarasenko who probably wasn't going to make it back these last 13 games was hopefully going to come back into the playoffs he now has a shot to maybe get a little bit of um a play time in before the playoffs now you know that's very true but I also think that it's also bad for teams like Tampa Bay, who has been absolutely hot, you know, on a great run this second half. You know, this is 
they could go on a cold spell because they're not they're not practicing. You know, uh, there's no games going on, so you're not coming in loose anymore. You're coming in just, you know, you got rust on you just like every other team right now. So, you know, some of these guys that are like two points, three points out of the fucking out of the playoffs have a great shot of of turning it around. You have to think too that maybe for like youth players, like guys who are in the AHL or the CHL for their development too, just taking all that time off could really like a guy like Marco Rossi, who, uh, you know, talk, bring up Shane again, Shane is fucking in love with, but he's been rising up the draft draft ranking just because of how on fire he's been leading up to the draft, just putting up a shit ton of points in the mm-hmm. CHL. If that's going to harm or maybe benefit his draft stock, like it's, this affects so many different things on so many different levels. And it's just crazy to me to think that this virus has affected basically every facet of everyone's life, including athletes. Oh, absolutely. Um, now the only thing that I, that I can take as like a positive for the athletes, it's like, dude, this is like, if you go on social media right now, dude, you're seeing a lot of athletes like Mark Andre Fleury, like Max Domi, like, like a lot of these guys are like just posting pictures with their family or their dog. And it, it's literally like a second all-star break, except True. the whole league gets it, you know? It's um, a good way of looking at it. So it's like, yeah, like this is, this is still an epidemic and you know, like we're, we're truthfully sorry. And we're thinking about everybody who's like, who's really badly off affected by it. Um, but, you know, this is a hockey, this is a hockey podcast. This is a network full of hockey. We talk sports. And it, I think it's really nice to see these athletes get to go home. Cause imagine you being like, imagine being the, the family knowing that, that, that there's this pandemic going on right now and your significant other or your dad is out there playing hockey, you know, you're scared at home. There's things happening in your hometown and he's, he's not there. You know, um, families are very united right now. And I think that's, that's a very positive thing to take from it. What I, another, you know, looking at positive things, cause I think you hit it right on the nail there too, is seeing the initiative of some of these sports franchises, not limited to hockey, because I think it was kickstarted. Mm-hmm. I think it was kickstarted in the NBA with Kevin Love actually going out and saying he would give, $100,000 to pay the part-time workers at whatever, I don't know what fucking arena is in Cleveland for the missed games. And we've seen that become a trend in the sports world. So I think it's really good that we see, you know, for once the little guy is getting taken care of by Absolutely. the players, uh, by the owners. So like for me personally, it's like, yeah, so we work alongside like SMG, which is uh center plate, which is what we have at the arena and the Superdome. Um, you know, they're not working right now. So you got the rookie Zion Williamson did the same thing. I think he did uh, $100,000 of his salary to help them in their time of need. And you got, you know, uh, you got Ms. Benson, who's worth $3 billion. I don't think she's come out with a statement saying she's going to help these people. These are her employees. You know, it's like it blows my fucking mind that at this kid's 18, 19 years old, has more of a conscience and a heart because of, of the way he was brought up to, to give to the people when, you know, like, what are you, what are you saving that money for? It's not for a fucking hockey team. No. You know, it, it, I think it's just, it's selfish. And, you know, there's, there's, are, there's are NHL teams that aren't paying their fucking workers like that. I think that's selfish as fuck. 
And, um, you know, I hope, I hope, I hope they turn that around. I hope they, they figure out that, you know, these people are the reason that you're making all this money off of concessions. Cause if they're not fucking there, I, I know you're not going to take off your, your fucking, your suit and go fucking serve some nachos, you know, pour some draft beer. Fuck that. <laughs> no, that's a really, really good point. And obviously I think the 1% is always going to be stingy with their money, but thankfully Jeff Molson has come out and, uh, in terms of Montreal Canadiens, the Bell Center employees will be paid Good. for their remainder of games. Um, obviously, not every sports owner is going to do that. I think that's just something that I'd like to see change, but I think a lot of people who have the money to own a sports organization often view it as a business instead of you know, what it is, a sports organization. Right. And I think that's honestly the wrong way of looking at it. I feel like if you own a sports organization – you should understand that sports go beyond money. That's not, that's not what they're, you know, money is a big part of it, but that's not why sports exist. No one starts playing a sport to make money off of it. They play a game because they love a game. And mm-hmm. we see owners like, um, I want Mark Cuban for the Dallas Mavericks who incredible businessman, but just loves basketball. Right. Um, I'm trying to think who's the owner in Carolina, the hurricanes. Um, Whatever his name sure. is, yeah, he came out and when Montreal offer she did Sebastian Ajo, he the Carolina Hurricanes are going to lose money this season. He was like, nah, covered it right away, right? His personal, like his his money, right? And that's the love of the game. That's what sports are for. And it's sad to see that some owners still don't get that. Yeah, I think it's selfish and. Like I said, you know, they, they're not on the team, but they're they're playing for this team, you know. Mm-hmm. They're not on the team. They're not playing on the ice. But as a collective, they are making the experience for this team, for this franchise, that much better, you know. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, moving on to <laughs> maybe a more positive note, just because we got a little off topic there. Um it happens. It does happen with <laughs> us. You know, we go on tangents. Um, we were talking earlier about jerseys and past or present. I want to know, Benders, what jersey would you want to get? Any player, past or present? Okay, so present. If I, all right, so present for Montreal, Max Domi. Not the white. It's got to be the home. Got to be the home. Uh, now, for Montreal past, I'm leaning towards like a Larry Robinson. Okay. okay. I, love, I love Larry. The Domi's pretty self-explanatory, but like, I feel like why Larry Robinson? Because like, great player, all-time great NHL player, let alone Montreal Canadian. But like, that's, that's not a guy you hear very often. Yeah, right. So, so, um, and I guess like a Gila Floor would be up there. It, it's really hard. Like me, even Ken Dryden. So, like I think my love for Larry Robinson really came from Ken Dryden's book, The Game, uh, which I'm sure everyone has read uh, that listens to this. Uh, when I read it for the first time a couple of years back, uh, Larry Robinson was like he wasn't like a Gila Floor, like like the 
like the big like funny mouth in in the locker room but he was he had his like he he knew how to be funny too and uh just just Larry Robinson in that book he was he was one of those guys that stood out to me even like a, a Ray Jean Ou um so when I found out Larry Robinson had a book, I bought that book and I instantly fell in love with him. It's a guy who came from like, a, you know, like he was like a farm life, you know, uh, and I spent a lot of time in Tennessee. Uh, my grandpa had, was an architect and had built a cabin out there. So like I really connected to his upbringing and that made me like really love his, his story getting into the league. And then, I mean, he's had success with numerous teams. I mean, I think he's got, I think nine cups now, including now he's, he got, a, he got the cup in St. Louis. He was a part of that as well. Um, you know, he's multiple ones with the Canadians, uh, a part of the summit series, you know, his time with the devils, the coach, uh, assistant coach, you know, I think he went, I'm trying to think of what team he was, he was a coach for, but he, he just didn't last long there. I don't think he was, I forgot his – I think he was more ready to just, like, kind of do a home thing. But uh, Larry Robinson had, had become one of my favorite players. Like, wasn't really – I wouldn't say I wasn't really big on defensive players, but he was, like, of the old Canadians, he was one that really stood out to me. And, I mean, that's a pretty fair fucking choice too, right? Second all-time for Montreal games played. Um, I think he's – yeah, he's fifth in points as a defenseman. He scored – more points than any other defender for the Habs with 883. He got 686 assists over 1,200 games played. Obviously an all-time great player. So I don't think that's a bad choice at all. And um, I thought it was kind of interesting though. We both leaned the same way because my past, if I was to choose a, um, a jersey, we were talking about earlier, favorite player growing up was Andre Markov. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I would almost consider that like a present, you know, like it hasn't been that far off, but like I think that was one of our biggest mistakes. I mean, I think he might be the most underrated Montreal Canadian ever. And we talk about mistakes. Like when we look at Montreal's legit contending window, um, I think it ended when Markov left. And obviously there was a bunch of other factors. Markov wasn't a generational talent who swung it like, you know, a player like Crosby or Price could. But like the way he contributed through his prime, he was so consistent. Consistently put up close to 40 assists every year and I just thought that like we see PK Subban the way he's played away from Montreal without Markov. I think Markov, people don't realize how much Markov helped him, like helped him play the way he did. There was actually a recent interview I was reading that the, on the Devils website. I'm not sure if you saw this. Um, they were asking um, Subban about his, um, his number, and he said, flip it upside down. It's 79, flip it upside down. It's 76. And he said that his number, he chose it purely for Markov. Like, that's how much of an impact Andre Markov had on him. That's so sick. No, I didn't know that. But, I mean, it makes sense. Like, and I think that was really when we went from a team that, that if played right, you know, would make it, could make it as far as the third round, you know, uh, 
and we literally dumped every defensive core member, big member of our team within those two years. And, you know, uh, we don't like to hate on Bergevin too much because some of his moves really do have made sense as of late. But that was so big for us, you know. Our, our defensive core literally walked, you know, no. within a two-year span. <laughs> That's when I wanted to give up on uh, Mark Bergeron. Mm-hmm. It was those few years. And it wasn't even because, like, like Radulov, that sucked. But, like, with the Radulov-Markov situation, you, had, you weren't going to keep both of them. You had to keep one of them, though. And somehow he managed to let both of them walk away for nothing. And it wasn't – when we look at Markov, too, like the year he walked away, he had 36 points in 62 games. As a defenseman, you know, that's pretty solid. It's not Eric Carlson numbers, but – and he was older, so it's understandable that Montreal wanted to sign him to a one-year deal. But he's an all-time great Montreal Canadian. He's sixth all-time in games played – he only had 10 more games to go until he reached 1,000. Sixth all-time in assists. Like, he was a legend for the team. I just think it's sad that they couldn't have given him one more year to get to 1,000 games. Yeah, I think it's selfish. And then and then he goes on. He plays in what? I'm not sure if he was Russian. Yeah, he's fucking Russian. He goes on to win their fucking cup. What is it, the Gagarin Cup? Yeah, he um captained one of the all-star teams in the KHL. He put up 42 points in 55 games, 33, no, sorry, 33 points was, that was looking at penalty minutes, 33 points in 55 games, captained the all-star team as like a 39-year-old defenseman. It was insane. Won the Gregarian Cup. And I think he put up like decent stats in the playoffs too. I mean, I, I, get, I get what he was trying to do. He was trying to make a younger team. But you don't you don't fucking move all the the you don't move what makes your defense, you know, actually fucking play good hockey. You don't move every single piece of it right then and there. No, it just made no sense. He he moved Emelin as well, who is kind of a controversial player. I know a lot of people didn't really like the way he played, but I think he was a good solid defenseman at that time. Okay, well you tell me without Emelin, who's out there? Who's taking who's taking it for the boys when they get fucked up? Exactly. It was it was too many pieces to move at once when the team was so close to winning. Mm-hmm. I just think it was selfish because, like, 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 like my statement right then and there, who right now can afford to get hurt, you know, can put the body out there and risk it? Like, like it was literally we lost Prosty. Then we lost Emelin. So we literally were just like, all right, and then, uh, and then Lars Ellers. You know, so it was like everybody who, was, who would literally go out there, and if, if we needed someone to fight, they had no problem doing it. They're gone. Now we're playing a very soft, like a Toronto style. Like if we get hurt, we're like, fuck, man, that, that's, that <laughs> sucks. You know? Hot take, too. Might be controversial. <laughs> What's up? I think Alexi Emelin can lay the body harder than Shea Weber, too. I mean, uh, a healthy Shea Weber? I don't know. But Shea Weber that we have right now, nuts. He threw hip checks, though. Like, they were not – he did not pull up for any – when he was going in for a hit, he was demolishing someone. 
Dude, it was like it was like watching um what's his name from uh from the Red Wings, uh like Cronwall, you know? Yeah. Just dude, if he could line you up, he you wasn't he wasn't holding back. No. Was, not at all. Final question though regarding Markov. Mm-hmm. Do you think the Habs retire his number? I would uh, fuck. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> a lot of Habs fans actually like struggle with it. Now you see, I think I think what what's gonna fuck up is the fact that we have so many numbers retired mm. that sooner or later that these great players you're gonna really have to be outstanding to get retired. You know. Mm-hmm. I think we might we might go on to I think it's Calgary that has it that has like almost like honorable mentions like their their names are up in the rafters. I, I'm trying to think of what team has something like that. They don't have their numbers retired, but they have them. Like I don't think Toronto t- retires any numbers. I, I don't know if he would get retired. I would. I think he's good enough to be retired by them. But dude, we're gonna be like we're gonna reach an era very soon, but we have no fucking numbers. You know, like. That's, I've honestly thought about that before, but before moving on, I just want to point out, like, you just mentioned it, the names, when you think of retired Montreal Canadiens, we're thinking the Rocket, the Pocket Rocket, Larry Robinson, Patrick Waugh, Guy Lafleur, Jean Beliveau, and, like, even you, you're considering putting Markov with those names. You know, like, I think he's so underrated in his career. And I'm kind of on the same boat with you. I am, honestly, I don't think Montreal will retire his number. I think they should. But I think he's going to be a victim of never winning a cup. And like you said, being compared to those great players. It'll be really interesting to see what happens. Right. So before we move on, though, we do have an interesting announcement to bring. So this episode is sponsored by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. <laughs> All right, folks. So, like, uh, let, let, me, let me just explain it to you, right? So it's like, if you've ever seen me, you know, I'm, like, literally, like, I look like a fucking bear. I haven't shaved in, like, five years. Facially, okay? But that does not mean that I don't keep myself groomed, and there's no better way to do it without manscaping. Dude, their shit is amazing. If you're trying to like, if you're trying to have your 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 lower regions like freshly wiped, like a like a zamboni, fresh ice down there, <laughs> this is this is what you need to buy, right? You want to keep your your significant other happy. This is the key to it. You can look like a scruff up top. You keep the bottom nice and shiny. I mean, there's no other person to tell you about this, you know, Bayou is clearly a fucking expert and you can get 20% off plus free shipping for manscaping at manscaped.com. If you use the promo code THPN and trust us and trust Bayou, your balls will fucking thank you. Absolutely. Your wife, your wife or significant other will thank you as well. (laughs) All right. Anyway, though, Moving on from that, so we were talking before we started recording about a movie that I have never seen, and you were frankly disgusted that I have never seen it, but (laughs) if you want to bring it up. 
All right. So, you know, we're all reaching folks. We're trying to find things to, to continue these podcasts for. So first off, these podcasts are going fucking nowhere, right? We're here <laughs> to give you as much, uh, we're here with you, like grinding it out. We're just waiting for hockey to come back. And the best thing that we can do is to continue to produce podcasts for you to listen to. We're all suffering. Let's do it together. Um, so I brought up movies. It's a great subject to talk about. There's not a lot of hockey movies, but these movies seem to connect one another. Like for me personally, it's like what helped me get into hockey because we don't have fucking hockey here. So it was really great to have something that could keep me interested. Um, this man. <laughs> now, granted, folks, I don't give a fuck, right? You might not like this movie, but for me, this is this was like one of the first movies I had seen for hockey and kept and really just instilled, like, me loving it. He hasn't seen Mighty Ducks. Well, he's seen Mighty Ducks 1. He doesn't care for it, and we'll get into that. But he didn't know that there was a second one, and I don't care that he knows that he didn't know that there was a third one. The third one's not as good. But the second one is definitely the Mighty Duck movie to see. And you were fucking disgusted when I told you. I, I was just like, fucking what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, we were talking to um, Obviously, there's a bit of an age gap between yourself and I. But um, yeah, I just think it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's. But I just never seen like I just never liked it growing up, and like we were talking earlier, like you said, it was like your defining movie. You got you into hockey, and I remember I sat down. I think the first time I saw it was like three or four years ago, and I sat down and watched it and thought this is the dumbest thing I have ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, the first one. The first one is really reaching. You know, the first <laughs> one is just like Disney's like got to put out a hockey movie. You know, we're doing all the sports. Like, I'm sure they felt the pressure from like I don't know if Little Giants was was Disney. I don't think it is. And if it's not, I'm sure they felt the fucking pressure and was like we got to come out with a sports movie. No one's doing hockey. We're doing fucking hockey. We're gonna get Emilio Estevez to do it. You know, it is a really hard stretch to fucking watch that movie. I love it. Only because I was a 90s kid, so that I grew up into that. These younger generations like Mason, I understand why they, why they won't like it. It's, it's very tough to get into now. It's a very different world. Um, but I was just more shocked that he hasn't seen the second one, which what I think is the, the better of all of them, of the trilogy itself. It definitely the one to have at least watched once. Yeah, we were talking about... <coughs> Well, we're talking about that movie, and I've, I guess I'll have to fucking watch it because the way you're hyping it up, it sounds like it's fucking – it deserves millions of Oscars. Like, <laughs> should be the greatest movie it's, it's, of all time. It's not amazing. It's not amazing. But, like, we, we don't have hockey movies. Like, this isn't a sport that is very capitalized when it comes to movies. You know, it's not fucking football or basketball. They don't have a million movies out there. Um, but the movies that are out there for hockey, they're at least – should be at least watched once, you know, at, at least for me. If you don't, if you don't believe that, Hey man, that's you. Like, but for someone who grew up outside of a hockey community, these were the little things that kept me loving the game. You know, that that's fair too. And, but I do think it's interesting to bring that up because obviously there aren't a lot of hockey movies, but I think, you know, that's kind of fair. Cause let's be honest, everyone loves watching a fucking football movie. They just work for some reason, but there's one movie that literally every single person on the planet has seen. If you haven't, you're fucking insane, and that's Slapshot. That is oh, man. the greatest movie of all time. I saw Slapshot when I was like nine years old, 
and uh, I fucking loved it from day one. That's so funny. Uh, I I had it on fucking VHS. I've had it on DVD. I've lost the copy like six or seven times, and I still buy that fucking movie when I see it. It I can watch it over and over and over again. It is amazing. Like, like so my cousin had just seen it for the first time fully, and uh, I'm just so happy he's finally, like, been able to see it. So, like, he gets, like, these references uh, that I always say. Um, one movie that I have not seen, and this is this is to you guys, right? If you can find a copy of it, send it to me. You don't have to buy it. If you can find it online, send me the fucking link. I want to see Young Bloods, all right? I've never fucking seen it. It comes on uh, the NHL network all the time. I don't, I don't have that fucking luxury of having it, so I've never seen it. Young Bloods? Yeah, it's with um, uh, Rob Lowe, uh, Patrick Swayze. Patrick uh, Swayze in a hockey movie? Fucking uh, Keanu Reeves is in it. Um, it it's like whole, it's during that, like, that whole era when they're all young and shit. And uh, Young Blood is played by uh, Rob Lowe, and he's supposed to be like, you know, like the Connor McDavid, you know, but uh, they got this guy trying to cheap shot him and shit so they they try to teach him how to fight and the whole movie is about him standing up to like you know inevitably like uh like a scott stevens you know see i have never heard of this either i'm looking it up right now it's dude it's not a well talked about movie and it's so good though like everyone i've talked to says they it's one of their favorite hockey movies young blood 17-year-old farm boy is offered a nice hockey tryout. Oh. See, that, I think that's sad. I think people need to learn more about hockey movies. Including yeah, myself, because apparently I need to get fucking educated. We're talking to you. I, I might get quarantined, so maybe I'll have some time <laughs> to. Right. Um, like, I mean, even, even some of these, like, uh, these, like, made-for-TV movies, like the Gordy Howe one was really good with the with the with uh, short, uh, not Shorzy, uh, Jonesy and Riley from uh, Letterkenny playing the uh, his sons, Mark and uh, Mark and Marty. Um, I thought that one was really good. The two Don Jer- Don Cherry, Jesus Christ, the two <laughs> Don Cherry movies uh, with with uh, Wayne from uh, Letterkenny. I thought those were great, and they took them off of Netflix, and now I can't fucking watch that. So that's another thing. You guys can find that. I'll fucking buy that from you. <laughs> <laughs> Letter Kenny is the perfect because I grew up in a small little hockey town where everyone's hockey crazy. It is the perfect depiction. And I don't know if anyone listening is from odds are you're probably from a small town in somewhere in Canada. And it is the perfect depiction of fucking hockey, man. Like just the way that I, I I'm sure you don't get that. I don't, I'm sure you don't get it as much, you know, being from New Orleans. It is, so relatable it's fucking hilarious it's like i'm from a small town you know i'm not from a hockey town but like i get i get like that small backwoods community you know uh especially like my time in tennessee it's literally like that you know like like where i live i don't live in new Orleans. live right right outside of it so like especially like right after hurricane katrina there wasn't a lot of people down here so that's what makes me like feel connected to letter because it was just a small group of people it was all little little groups of us doing different shit 
you know, that all kind of fucked with each other because there wasn't much else to do out here. You know, we didn't really like, like, you know, like Wayne and, and, uh, fucking like squirrely Dan and them, how they're like, they'll deal with like, uh, uh, what's his name? Like Stuart and rolled, you know, they're like not the best friends, but like, you know, they're always interacting with them in some type of way. Like that's how it was after the storm. So like, that's why that show really connects with me really well. That, that's fair. But I'm, I'm kind of thinking like, I'm looking through all these movies, man. I need to watch some of these. So if, if here's what we're going to say, and maybe you can go along with me here. I think we should put a poll out on Twitter and people need to recommend fucking movies for me to watch in quarantine. Absolutely. And that, that'll be the next subject. Like, <laughs> yes. Movie like, review with Bayou and Mason at this point. I'll it's take like anything the book, for It's like a book report. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. Oh, what's the name of the movie? There's this great hockey movie that nobody has seen. And don't fucking say Tooth Fairy because we were talking about that earlier. That, that's a shit. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen it. Yeah. But I'd give um, it a watch once. <laughs> It's ah oh, that got it. Um, the rocket movie. I want to see that. Oh, the so French badly. one. Yeah. Um. I, yeah, I, I saw it, it for free. It might still be on Vudu, uh, which is a free application you can get. It used to be like um, it used to be connected to Walmart. So if you bought like a movie from Walmart and it had like uh downloadable um, uh, you can you can watch it uh, you know through the disc or like via the computer. It would go on to Vudu. I would download Vudu. It could still be on there. Subtitles, I don't give a fuck about it. Uh, I love subtitled movies. That's not going to stop me from watching it. Very good movie. Very good movie. I've only ever heard good things. I've honestly, I've never seen it because I've just never been able to find it. Yeah, I uh, I didn't even know about it until I saw it on there. And uh, it's definitely worth the watch, man. Because The Rocket was, and we talked earlier, like more than just a hockey player too. And I think, Tell me if I'm wrong. That movie covers a lot of that too, right? Oh, absolutely. Like uh, to the point to where like, you know, like him, him getting him just being everything for the team, like to a point to where he's crying because they're asking him for so much. And he's just one person. Yeah. You know, he's just trying to live his own life as well. And the struggles are getting to him. Um, now, here's another one that like really probably only 90 kids would know. So there's a Disney movie out there that you can't find. It's not on Disney Plus. I fucking called. I've messaged Disney Plus to see if they put it on there. I got no fucking response. If you've ever heard of uh, Boy Meets World or Kim Possible, it's the guy who voiced uh, Ron and played Corey's brother on uh, on Boy Meets World. It's Will Ferdell and. Um, Fuck, I forgot the other guy who he would be. He was also in uh, Boy Meets World, but it's called H-E Double Hockey Sticks. And it's a movie about Will Friedle being like, uh, he's in hell, he's dead, and he comes back to, uh, I believe I believe your boy plays for the New Jersey Devils, and he wishes for something. And one of the Devils' little minions goes and, goes and barters with him and it happens to be Will Friedle and it's one of the funniest fucking hockey movies. Now it might not be funny anymore, you know, cause I haven't seen it in forever, but as a kid, I remember it was one of my favorite movies. It would come out for Halloween all the time. And, uh, it's one of my hands down favorite hockey movies. 
might be different now, but I'd still watch it. See, what I find interesting, though, is, like, we don't see, other than Goon, and, like, honestly, I'm not the biggest fan of the Goon movies. Like, the first one was funny. I found they come, they kind of, they're the same after a while. But um, other than the Goon movies, like, we don't see a lot of hockey movies come out anymore. I think that's kind of, like, you know, obviously in the early 90s, like, I'm looking through the list right now. In the early 90s, there were a shit ton of hockey movies coming out. Like, I want to say, like, 10 or 15 in the 90s alone of just hockey movies. And yeah, they had, uh, what is it, uh, something like uh, Les, Los Boys or some shit like that. It's yeah, Le Boys. Um, Le Boys, yeah. The Mighty Ducks had three movies. Uh, Miracle, that's a fucking awesome movie. That was 2004, but yeah, I love it was that. a really good hockey movie. But yeah, I don't know. I, I want to see... Movie I would fucking pay to see, and it'll it'll be years from now. Do like something on uh, Crosby and Ovi. Okay, that is Dude, that is a sick. movie I would pay to see. And have it like for Crosby. I don't know. I just feel like Sidney Crosby's life is gonna be so, such a good documentary to watch in a few years. I mean, dude, I would be, I'd, be, I'd pay to watch. Uh, like, see, dude, they had such, they were going on the right path with, with, with Miracle, right? It's a, it's a telltale story. It, it's really great. It's like the remember the Titans of hockey movies. Um, I think it would be sick if they did the uh, Canada versus U.S. when uh, that fucking crazy Crosby goal. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, the Golden Goal. Mm-hmm. Like have a whole fucking movie that's just like that whole tournament, you know? I got to say, that might have been the happiest moment of my life. Yeah. <laughs> the golden goal. Oh, my God. And that's the fucking sick. the fucking IOC won't. I never get to see it anymore because the IOC won't release the footage. Really? The, yeah. I don't know if you – well, probably Americans probably don't give a shit. But um, up here in TSN, which is um, Canadian, big one of the bigger ones in Sportsnet, uh, they can't. Yeah, they can't play it. Really? The IOC won't let them play any hockey highlights from the Olympics. That's terrible. It's so stupid. We can't. Like they can play the audio, so <laughs> they'll play like when we look at Sidney Crosby stat lines and stuff. It'll be like Sidney Crosby, and it'll be all these big highlights, and then it it'll just be like a picture of Crosby, and it'll be that I forget who called that game. The Golden Goal, Sidney Crosby. Canada wins gold and we don't actually get I haven't seen the goal in like years. <laughs> it, it's terrible. That's frustrating, dude. Yeah. That's it just uh, total like you think the Olympics of all of all organizations, you know, one that is purely like should be the most just pure love of sport and just nah, totally about money, totally about business. Mhm. That's dumb. It's fucking stupid, man. You guys really don't have that. Do you not have that issue in the U.S.? Because I'm kind of pissed off. If it's Dude, just a Canada thing. If, if I can tell you right now, we don't. Once the fucking Olympics are over, dude, they, they're not fucking talked about. The only, <laughs> the only thing that gets talked about is fucking Miracle. And that's it. It's, it's fucking stupid. And Miracle only gets brought up like once a fucking year. Fair enough. Dude, like, like even other sports or just hockey? If I'm being honest, dude, I don't 
you know, I don't watch TV that much anymore. You know, I watch That's hockey fair. when I can. But when I was in the bars, when I worked in bars for 10 fucking years, um, the Olympics weren't – like, if it wasn't an Olympic year, we weren't fucking talking about it, you know. We weren't yeah. reminiscing about it. And it's almost as like, dude, it's almost as if the U.S. doesn't give a fuck about the Olympics until it's the Olympics. I mean, I feel like that's probably the same for most countries, but in Canada, when maybe it's because we're so I don't know. I don't I don't know if if I can tell you anything about Canadians, okay? It's kind of a little off topic. If someone is famous or has done something great and like often they end up living in the US out in Hollywood or LA or something, if they have spent any amount of time in Canada, we we'll you will see a Canadian at a bar going, "Oh yeah, uh, Elon Musk. Yeah, he he's Canadian because he spent a month. We will claim you. You are ours <laughs> if you have spent any amount of time here. We will claim you." And on like TSN and stuff, like fucking, if if a Canadian tennis player has won some backwater match, like. I just find maybe it's just that Canadian pride. Like we take so much pride in our own athletes. Like it's talked about all the time. It could be like curling. Like right. that's a stereotype. We fucking talk about it. Or um, we have um, this really young tennis player, um, Shepovalov. He's like Polish, but he lives here now. So we, we claim him as our own and he's fucking insane at the um, tennis pro tennis tour. So mm-hmm. Every you can turn on TSN on a Saturday and they'll they'll be fucking talking about this Dennis Shapovalov guy because they claim him as their own. That's awesome. Yeah, dude. Like, I just don't think the Olympics is is cared about that much over here, which I think is a little sad. That's definitely I see weird to me. Like, cause in Canada, like coming up to the Olympics, that's on Sportsnet Center, Sportsnet, like that's all it's fucking talked about is how we're going to do at the Olympics this year. Right. And I mean, you know, I could be wrong and there could be people that are upset that I said that. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I just, all my time sitting at the bar, you know, I don't, I never really heard them get excited about the Olympics until it was time for the Olympics to be around. There wasn't a lot to, to bring up. There wasn't a lot people were reminiscing on. Not much of it. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the Olympics this year, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, because they're going to be fucking hosted in Japan, I think, too. And I don't know. I wonder, like, do you think they'd be – I don't even know if they – could you cancel the Olympics? Is that something you can do? Fuck, I don't know. I, look, I, if, they, if they were willing to do the Olympics and uh, <laughs> fucking Korea, I don't think they're going to cancel it, you know? Fair. And fucking oh man though, like now I'm kind of fucking concerned we're gonna lose the Olympics. <laughs> oh no. I mean, it's definitely something to be nervous about, but I just don't see it happening. I guess it all depends how long this virus thing lasts too, right? Because that's a few yeah. months away. But I don't know. It'll be interesting. So we're we're so fucking off topic here. Hey man, this we're just trying to fill it, fill in the void, trying to have people give people something to listen to in this hockeyless time. That's fair. So should we um maybe come back on track and talk about 
our plans going forward for the hockey sure. season? Um, well, I, I can speak for myself personally. I think, um, obviously, like, apologies, um, not a lot of hockey content to come out. So I'm thinking um, probably going to try and talk about hockey, obviously. Um, but as we mentioned, there's only so much stuff we can talk about as the season continues to be suspended. So looking forward, we're probably going to get more episodes like this of us just shooting the shit, talking about stuff, because obviously we want to provide content for you guys, the listeners. But we also understand that it's a hockey podcast, so we want to try and relate it. So if there are any topics that um, you guys want to hear about, you can always reach out to us at Habs Nightly on Twitter. We also have a Gmail account at Habs, at Habs Nightly at gmail.com, so you can email that. Or um, I'm sure if you, you've heard his Twitter account handle before, at Bayou Benders, I'm sure if you reached out to Corey, He'd be happy to hear your input too. So just reach out, let us know what you want us to talk about and we will do our best to accommodate that. Yeah. That's uh, that's basically what I said on my previous podcast was just, you know, uh, you know, we want to hear from y'all. Y'all are going to give us a lot more of an, of a better idea of what you guys maybe want to hear. Uh, and it can be fucking anything, you know, we're all looking for something to fill this void You know, and and I think a lot of fans have to understand that there's not much to talk about right now. So we're 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 right there next to you. You know, we feel the pain too. Yeah, and it kind of fucking sucks, but at the same time, it's really interesting because we're living in what's going to go down as a really historic moment in time, too, right? Mm-hmm. So, and we, me and Bayou have we have the privilege of being able to kind of comment on that and cover that and talk to you guys the listeners while it's happening i think like right now it might seem kind of boring and insignificant but looking back like this is definitely going to be a very historic moment just in humanity in total absolutely and um you know i think i think that's what what this whole group was trying to get on get a get a hold of was understanding that this this doesn't happen often so we have a great opportunity to, you know, this is, this is life changing. This is, it's the perfect start to a first season. Yeah. What a rocky first season for the fucking network. I think it's awesome. It just shows that no matter what happens, we're still going to come up with content. Definitely. And as you said, confirmed second season for Habs nightly. So we have that to look forward to, but with all that said, um, I think we should probably call it here just so we don't talk about absolutely fucking everything and we have content to put out because we are going to have an episode (laughs) for Thursday. Um, We're going to keep up with that two episode a week schedule. So anyway, thanks for coming on again. Always great having you. Can't wait. Can't wait till it's a, it's an everyday thing. And going through um, the break, obviously me and you will talk behind the scenes too, but it's going to be, kind of closer to the end of the season. If there is an end of the season, we're going to see more of Benders as we have been. So get used to it, guys. I'm sure you're not too upset about that. You know, I like talking to him. I think he likes talking to me. So here we go. All right, boys, you guys have a great night. Okay. All right. Thanks for coming on. No problem. See y'all next time.